Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. If you found Ephesians chapter 3, praise the Lord. Verse number 14 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. In verse 15 where it says, from whom, literally in the original Greek, you know the Bible was originally written in Greek, and where those words from whom, it literally says out from whom. Out from whom. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, out from whom? Out from the Father. The whole family, and literally that's every family. That means your family. That means, the, I'm talking about the family that's called by your name. I'm talking about mama and papa, and I'm talking about families and children. Your family, my family, our family as a church. We are a church family. Every family in heaven and in earth derives its name and receives its meaning, its essence, its sense from this Father God of ours. Amen. And this is why the Apostle Paul, why the Apostle Paul said, I bow my knees unto the Father. I want you to go with me over to John's Gospel, the 16th chapter, John chapter 16. And uh, we're, we will look at the 26th verse. In that day, Jesus is talking. Now, we picked up in the middle of his, of his uh, uh, talk here. But just to give you the background, in that day is the day we're living in. Jesus said this before he just, these were, uh, this part of the latter part of the book of, of John is uh, a, a record of what Jesus said and the dialogue he had with his disciples just before he was crucified, just before his arrest in Gethsemane and, and his uh, mock trial, his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection, all of that. And he's, and he's talking about the day that was to come. And he said, in that day, well, that's talking about this day, the day of the church, in that day you, you will ask in my name, notice what he said, I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you. The Father himself loves you. You know, we need to get acquainted with our Father. Several years ago, Brother Steve will, will uh, he's smiling already. He knows what I'm about to say. Several years ago, I came to Steve and, uh, as our worship leader and I said, you know, we don't, we don't sing nearly enough about Jesus and about the name of Jesus. In the early days of the Word of Faith movement, there was tremendous revelation that was needed in the body of Christ concerning our relationship with the Father. I grew up in, in, in a Pentecostal church, but our theology, other than uh, things concerning the Holy Spirit, Outside of that, our theology was very uh, much similar and very consistent with, with most every church. 
And all of our emphasis was on the Lord Jesus. We prayed to the Lord Jesus. We got in trouble. Oh, Jesus, 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 help me. Jesus, do this for me. Jesus, do that for me. We'll read these verses in a few minutes. If you back up in this passage, just a verse or two, he said, in that day, this day, you will ask me nothing. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And so this was a, a, a real revelation that the word of faith movement brought to the body of Christ that we have a relationship with the Father, not just with the Lord Jesus Christ. And like I said, we prayed to Jesus for everything. And we found out that Jesus said, don't pray to me. He said, pray to the Father. And that day you will ask me nothing. You will pray to the Father and he will give you whatever you ask in my name. And so our, our emphasis switched to praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. This revelation was so pervasive in Word of Faith churches and in this church in particular that, that it, it almost became comical when people would get up and, 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 uh, and give a testimony or, or say something or to lead in prayer, they, every other word was Father God, Father God, Father God. Oh, I just thank you, Father God, that you love us, Father God, and I just pray, Father God, that you'll help us, Father God, and that you'll do Father God and Father God. And it, remember? You know what I'm talking Come on back. Some of you have been around for a while. And everything was Father God. And in our praise and worship, we very rarely really mention the Lord Jesus Christ. This was how many years ago? Six or seven years ago, maybe. Maybe, maybe five or six, the way I remember it. Five or, let's say six years ago. And, uh, and so I came to Steve. I said, you know, the Bible says that in all things, God raised Jesus from the dead and, and set him in a place so that in all things, he would have the preeminence. And so it's, it's right to worship Jesus. We don't pray to him and ask requests of him. We, we ask of the Father, but it's right to praise the Lord. And, and I said, our songs do not have a tenderness toward the Lord Jesus. Remember that conversation? I said, there's not a tenderness. There's not a, a, a mention of him very much in our praise and worship. I said, we need to correct that. And so he immediately went about doing that. And so today I'm bringing the balance back because I've been noticing for about a year now, and I've talked to you not too long ago, several months ago about it, that we very rarely mention the Father. Now, lest you think I'm preaching against Jesus, I'm not. He is our Savior he died for us. He washed us from our sins. He, is, he has been exalted at the right hand of the Father. And, and we have our authority in him. We have the name of Jesus, which is, which is over everything. We, we conduct everything we do. We do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. But Jesus came here to reveal the Father to us. That was his mission. You see, when Jesus came on the scene, he came into a culture, an Old Testament culture. And in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, the people of Israel and the Jews of Jesus' day, you know, came from a long history of a concept of God as, as being a harsh and judgmental God. 
Now, they were instructed in the Old Testament. They were told that the Lord loved them. But then he also commanded that they love him back and obey him. And disobedience and lawlessness met with swift retribution. There were awful consequences to rebellion, disobedience, lawlessness. You know what I'm talking about? And this sense of, of awful judgment left in the minds of, of, the, of the people of Israel, uh, they didn't understand God as a loving God like you and I do. And when Jesus came onto the scene, he came into that kind of a harsh, hard, legalistic environment and he started talking about God as his father. He repeatedly talked about the father. He told of the father's love and I'm gonna tell you, it fell on deaf ears. The people of Israel were not able to understand what he talked about. If Jesus had come on the scene like John the Baptist, calling them names, you brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? The ax is laid to the, to the root of the tree. That's the way John the Baptist preached. And what happened? All of Jerusalem came out to the Jordan to be baptized by him and to repent of their sins. That was the kind of message that they understood. Jesus, on the other hand, came preaching a message of love and of the Father. And, and they did not understand him. They were not able to receive his message. But it is the message of God. In the passage we looked at here in, in John, the 27th verse says, for the Father himself. In the, in the previous verse, he said, you will, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you. Amen. Oh, glory to God. There is no truth in the New Testament era there is no truth in the Bible. There is no truth in the church today as great as the truth that God is your very Father and that he loves you as a father loves a child. And the passage we read over in Ephesians says that all fatherhood, the whole family and all fatherhood takes its name and derives its meaning from the nature of our Father God. When you think about as, as parents, those of you who are fathers or who are parents, when you think about the love, the compassion that you have for your children, that's the, that's the heart of God and that's the family into which we were born. When we were born again, we passed from darkness unto light. We came out of, uh, out of darkness into the light of God and we were birthed. Born from above, born of God into his very family. Oh, glory to God. He loves us. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go over to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 and let's explore some more of this marvelous reality. Galatians chapter 3. Let's begin in verse number 
26. Galatians 3, did I say 4 or 3? 3, chapter 3, verse 26. And we're going to read through and into the fourth chapter down to about verse 7. In, in verse 26, chapter 3, 26, it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Did you ladies know that you're sons of God? Yeah. Even the ladies are sons of God. Amen. Because sonship is what the Bible talks about. We were born into God's family. Amen. And it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, free or, or imprisoned or, or whatever your label or your circumstances in this life might dictate. In Christ, we are all sons of God. He says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of, of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Now the childhood he's talking about here, he's not talking about being a child of God. He's talking particularly to the Jews and he's referring to their childhood period as that period being under the law. The previous chapter he had talked about the law being our tutor. He said to bring us to Christ. And so the, the people that, that, were, that were in the Jewish religion, they were under the tutorship of the law and that was designed to bring, to bring them to Christ. And, and so that's described as being children. But then he goes on to talk about being sons. So he says, uh, this I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, this is verse one, does not differ at all from a slave, though, is, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now notice, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. The word Abba there is a tender word for father. It's akin to, in the English language, the, the term Papa. Our daddy. It's a term of endearment. It's a it's a it's a, a sweet term. He said, the spirit of his son has, has been sent forth into our hearts and, and the spirit of his son, the spirit of God on the inside of us cries out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. Glory to God. You need to get acquainted with the father as a son gets acquainted with his father. Hallelujah. We, uh, in, in fact, go on over to Romans, the eighth chapter. 
And Romans chapter eight has some very similar language to what we just read here. Romans eight and verse number 14 says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. Are you a child of God? Are you a son of God? Are you led by the spirit of God? Oh, glory to God. It's a wonderful reality that we're not slaves. We're not, listen, we serve God. We serve God all right. The Bible teaches serving God, but we're not just servants, we're sons. Hallelujah. As many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with your spirit that you are children of God. In other words, the offspring of God, a child of God. There's no difference in this, in this passage between being a child of God and a son of God. There, there's this weird doctrine. I'll just make quick mention of it. There's this weird doctrine that that floated around uh, a number of years ago that differentiated between being a son of God and a child of God. And that you were, if you were immature in Christ, you were just a child of God, but when you came into maturity, you're a son of God. That's not true. In, in Galatians, when he's talking about the childhood state, that's pro- before Christ. That was under the law. That's not talking about the Christian. And then he said, you, you were no, you, you, we came out of childhood and we came into sonship. And so sonship and being a child of God is the same thing. Amen? So, so don't, don't buy into that. He said, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now notice, and if children, then heirs. Amen. If you're a child of God, If you're a son of God, then you're an heir of God. Well, hallelujah. We're heirs of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Oh, glory. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us. We need to see ourselves as the Father sees us. Like I said, Jesus came to reveal the Father. And so we need to get acquainted with our Father. And it's good to worship Jesus. We're not gonna do away with worshiping Jesus. We're gonna still sing praises to the Lord Jesus. We're still going to exalt his name. But I've just noticed, I I, I notice sometimes, because I listen, and, and, and people say, oh, God, we love you. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. Listen, he is God but he's my father. He's God to the world. He's the creator to the world. But to us, he's more than just God. See, the term God is, is, a, is a term of omniscience and, 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 and uh, 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 omnipotence. He is God, but he's our father. Glory to God. You see, it's the fatherhood of God that really inspires faith. Amen. Amen. 
the creator part of God, the power that the all-powerful, all-knowing, you know, God who sits in righteous judgment, that, that, that's not the thing that, that draws faith out of us. It's the fact that he's our father. You see, that the God who sits in the heavens, glory to God, he's my father. He's my daddy. He's my papa. Glory to God. And you see, we can come into the throne room anytime we want to and just, and just fellowship with him. See, we need to get in the habit of worshiping the Father and fellowshipping with the Father. What did Jesus say? Go over with me to, uh, to the third chapter of John. John 3. He talked about this. Glory to God. The fourth chapter, excuse me. John chapter 4. Verse 23, the hour is coming and now is, Jesus said, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father ignores such people. The Father isn't interested in such people. Is that what it says? No, it says for the Father is seeking such people. To worship him. God is a spirit. And those who worship him. Must worship in spirit. And in truth. We are to worship Jesus. But we are to worship the father. And I tell you what. It, it, will, it will. Retard your spiritual growth. It will limit your spiritual growth. If you do not develop. A fellowship with the father. We do fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But for too many Christians, that's as far as the fellowship goes. And as wonderful and holy and blessed as it is, we should also develop a fellowship with the Father. We should develop our relationship. We should develop the understanding of our relationship. Because when we go to him in prayer, we need to come with that, with that assurance that like Jesus said, I'm not even gonna have to ask the Father for you. You ask because the Father himself loves you, what did it say? Just like he loves me. Oh, glory. The Father loves us, loves you just as much as he loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo-wee, glory to God. Think about that. Let that settle in for just a minute. Think about how much the Father loves the Lord Jesus. Think about what he's done for the Lord Jesus. When the Lord Jesus laid down his life and came here to be an example for man and lived in, in, in such a way, he said, I always do those things that please my father. Glory to God. And then he was obedient to the point of death. God has exalted him and lifted him up and raised him up far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Oh, glory to God. The love of God for his son. He loves you just as much. He loves you. It's not, even, it's not even fully accurate to say he loves you as much. He loves you as he loves the son. 
In other words, his love for the son, the Lord Jesus, his only begotten, his love for the Lord Jesus is his love for you. It is his love. It's not, he, he doesn't see a separation. He doesn't see his, oh, you know, I love you, but my number one child is Jesus. How many children don't like that number one idea? The number one likes it, but the other kids don't like it. Am I right? There isn't a number one. Well, there is a number one. We're in it. We're number one. We're part of number one. And the Father himself loves you just as he loves me, Jesus said. It's the, ooh Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Oh, my, 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 my. Just before I get off this theme and go into the next part of this, go, go quick over to 1 John. Go to 1 John and look at chapter one. 1 John chapter one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse number three, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. Who is us? John's talking about himself and the apostles and the company that he was in. His apostolic band, his, his, the people with him. He's talking about the company he was in. He said, we want you to have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Like I said, only fellowshipping with Jesus, you have to hear what I'm saying, I'm not minimizing that, but I'm saying only fellowshipping with Jesus will limit your spiritual growth because Jesus came to reveal the Father. He wants us to fellowship with him, but he also wants us to fellowship with the Father. Oh, glory to God. Now go with me to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Matthew chapter seven. Ooh, hallelujah. Are you out, out here today? Matthew chapter seven, and I'm gonna have to make one point. Matthew chapter seven. I'll drive one point home and mention the others. <laughs> Matthew chapter seven. Well, we got, got a little late start here today. Praise the Lord. But I wanted to hear what Pastor Greg had to say. I wasn't cutting him off when he said, have you, have you done enough? I said, yes, but it was just enough. Amen. It's important that you hear what, what IFC Missions is all about. Amen. We, we love the crusades and the thousands of people, but we love the one. Amen. And so th uh, that's why I wanted Pastor Greg to share everything that, uh, that he could today. Praise the Lord. In uh, Matthew chapter 7, hallelujah. Verse number 7, we know this passage. It's, it's very common, but, but just we're going to read it. Ask, Jesus said, and it, will, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open unto you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be open. Hold your place there because we got away from John too quick. Go over to John again and look at chapter 16. We didn't go back and read these other verses. Hold your place now in Matthew. We're coming right back. John 16. Hurry now, hurry. Fast turning quickly. 
Verse 23 says, in that day, that's this day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. That time came. It came when he sent the Lord, when he sent the Holy Spirit to be his, to be our teacher and our guide. He said, there are things I've yet to share with you that I can't share with you now, but when the, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you these, these things. He said, up until these times, if until this time I've spoken to you in figurative language, verse 25, but the time is coming. Well, we're in that time. When I will no longer speak to you in figurative, figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. And in that day, you will, at, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. If you go over to John 17, you're right there in 16. Hallelujah. Verse 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, that's us, as you have loved me. Well, glory to God. That's what we were talking about. Now go over to Matthew 7. Praise the Lord. He said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. Now look at verse number nine. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, now he's not calling you an evil person. This is a, 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 in, in New Testament times, this was called an idiom in speech, an idiom of preference. What he's talking about is you being a natural person, just being an ordinary person. And when you compare uh, the natural man to God, every man's evil. Amen? So that's, he's just talking about being a natural man. If you then, being a natural man, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Amen. Now, like I said, the, the, these words just fell on deaf ears. When he was talking to the Jews, they could not understand what Jesus, where he was coming from. If the first thing that, that affected them is they were offended that he called God his Father. That drove them out of their minds. And they just weren't able to, they were not able, but we are able to hear what he's saying. He's saying if you, a natural father or a natural parent, know how to give good things to your children, how much more? Those three words for many, many years, for years and years and years, every time I read this passage, I can't, I, I mean, I, it, it, you know, have you ever been, so you ever been pushing a, a, a shopping cart and the wheels goofed up and you go to push the cart and it goes, won't go anywhere? Every time I read this passage, when I read how much more, I go, I have to stop. It just gets my attention. 
much more. Parents, you know what you, you would do anything. Parents will work their fingers nearly to the bone to, to, I mean, make sacrifices for years and years and years just to give their children an opportunity to have a better life, to do more and have more than they had, just to, to somehow protect them from the, from the hard places and give them every option, everything they could possibly give them to cause them to, to succeed in life and to have the best. Yeah. It's what parents do. He said, if you know how to give good things to your children, how much more? How, say those words with me. How much more? How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things? Woo, glory to God to those who will simply ask him. To those who will simply ask. Ask, he said, and it will be given unto you. Oh, my, my, my. I wish I had time to preach. Glory to God. Woo, the Father loves us. Amen. Go with me to 1 Peter 5, 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. Have you found it? Three people have found it. Glory to God. I want you to get there because I want you to, to, to find it. Now, everybody read it real quick to yourself. One verse, five, seven. Just read it real quickly, quietly. Just read it real quick. First Peter 5, 7. Read it. Now, I'm gonna read this in the Amplified. The Amplified translation says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and all, once for all, on him. Casting all your care, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. Why? For he cares about you affectionately and cares about you, cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Ooh, glory to God, glory to God. There's no greater truth than the truth of how much our Father loves us and how much he cares for us. Oh, glory. He cares for you affectionately, but he also cares about you watchfully. That means he's watching over you. That means he will not only just give you what you ask, he'll look out for you. Glory to God. That's why Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. When you, don't, don't fret about tomorrow. He said, you know, the, the, uh, even nature, I've provided nature. The birds have plenty. Amen. If God's concerned about a, 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 a sparrow or a robin, you know he's concerned about you. If he provides for the livestock and the, and the wildlife in nature, he'll take care of you. He said, do not worry or have any anxiety about anything. He said, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. When you go to bed at night, don't worry about tomorrow. He said, for tomorrow will worry about the things of itself. He said, sufficient for each day is the trouble thereof. In other words, you don't have to get over on tomorrow, today. Tomorrow. Wait till tomorrow. He has the answer for tomorrow. 
Enjoy the answer for today. Amen. Don't be worried about tomorrow. You can worry, 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 worry. When you get up, all those problems still going to be there. But his answer is going to be there too. The answer for today is what we need to be focused on. The blessing for today and the fact that he cares for us. He not only cares for us, he provides for us. Oh, hallelujah. I wish I had time to preach that point. The father not only provides for us, he delivers us. Oh, out of all of our troubles, he is a deliverer. Glory to God. How many, how many of you can remember times in your life when God has delivered you? I mean out of trouble, out of a situation, out of a circumstance that if it hadn't been for God, you would have gone under and some of you didn't even know him at the time. And you look back and say, "Woo! God was looking out for, for, for me. Well, that God who was looking out for you is your father. That's why he was looking out for you because he's your father. You're his child, glory to God. He will deliver you. He will deliver you. He will deliver you out of all trouble, out of all problems. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, now number five. I know you say, well, where did that come from? On my notes is number five. Truth, first of all, truth will do you no good if you don't know it. Truth will do you no good. I could take $25,000 and, and go to your bank. If I knew your bank account number, I could deposit $25,000 in, in your bank account. But you know what? It wouldn't do you any good if you didn't know it. If you didn't know what was there, it wouldn't do you a bit of good. You wouldn't know about it until you got your bank statement at the end of the month. Some of you wouldn't know about it then because you don't even look at your bank statements. Some of you never balance your bank statement. You never look at it. You just keep on going. And you, I could put 25 grand in your bank account and you wouldn't be able to spend a penny of it because you don't know about it. Truth will do you no good if you don't know it. But then secondly, even if you know it, you have to act on it. You have to act on it. 20, an extra 25, would an extra 25 grand in anybody's account pay off today? And would you, would you, would you accept that? Would you be, or would, that, would you frown over it? Well, who put that $25,000 no, you'd like that. But you know, you can be excited about it. You can be excited about it, but that's not gonna put $25,000 worth of goods and services in your pocket. You're gonna have to use it. You're gonna have to act on that. Isn't that right? Relax, I'm not putting 25 grand in anybody's account. Unless the Lord tells me to. Please, Lord, don't tell me to. <laughs> now you laugh at how many times you prayed that. How many times you've been in church? Lord, don't talk to me about this. Come on now. <laughs> oh, la, 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 <laughs> la, 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 listen. <laughs> no, you have to act on it. You have to act on what's yours. We have a father who provides, he cares, he protects, he shields us, he He's our defender. He's, he, he, he delivers us. And he's just sitting here. He's just sitting in heaven waiting on you to ask. Jesus said, whatever you desire, ask. He said, go ahead and ask. Did you read that? 
Look at it again in, in, uh, in John's Gospel, 16, chapter, chapter 16. Look at it one more time. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Verse 23. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever. Now some of you haven't been asking big enough. Some of you haven't been asking big enough. If your natural earthly father owned everything, you'd ask. Well, your heavenly father owns everything. Hallelujah. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will think about it. <laughs> Is that what that said? He'll look at you real good and see if you deserve it. That's not what he said. He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Go ahead and ask. He says, ask. Ask, exclamation point. Ask. And you will receive, which is what he said over in Matthew 7. Ask and it will be given unto you. Everyone who asks receives. Ask and you will receive so that you can look like most church people. No, so that your joy may be full. So that you won't sit in church with a frown on your face. With your nose all scrunched up. What's he talking about? Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. The Father cares. The Father provides. The Father watches. The Father supplies. The Father defends and protects. Oh, glory to God and delivers. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, 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 Father. Oh, hallelujah. Father, 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 Father. Oh, we're so grateful, Father. We're so grateful, Father, that you love us even as you love Jesus. You love us. You have so honored us, so graciously given to us to bring us into fellowship, Lord, with you when we had no fellowship, had no right to fellowship, had no place. We didn't deserve anything but scorn and judgment. But you sent Jesus to take all that judgment upon himself, to bear the awful load of sin and guilt for every man woman and child and he poured out his life's blood so that we could come into the family so that we could know you as father like he knew you 
so that we could face life like he faced life when he was here, ever conscious of his father's care, ever conscious of his father's provision, ever conscious of his father's wisdom and help. He faced life fearlessly. And through him, through Christ Jesus, we've been brought into that same relationship with you. And Father, you love us. You care for us. You provide for us. You give us wisdom just like you gave him. Oh, it humbles us. It humbles us, Father, to think that we are your very sons. We are your very children. You are our very Papa, our Father, our loving Father. And so there's no need, there's no challenge, there's no lack, there's nothing in this life we can ever face that we should ever be fearful about again. We should never worry we should never have a wear, a worry, a care, a fear, a doubt. We should trust you. Pastor Greg quoted the scripture this morning. Trust in the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding. Father, we trust in you with all of our hearts. We lean not unto natural understanding, but in all of our ways, we acknowledge our Father. We acknowledge your fa our Father day. We acknowledge your fatherhood. We acknowledge your place. Glory to God in our lives and our place in the family. And we're grateful. We're grateful, we're grateful, we're grateful. Thank you for it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.